Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Euler and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Mr. Wesley Euler, and this is the Steelers Bliss, where we talk Steelers football. And we like to have a ton of fun, but we always keep the show interactive, even when we are not all the way live, like we always like to do. But the way that we always like to keep that interaction and that gap being bridged is with the Twitter.com, and the easiest way to get your thoughts, comments, concerns is to hit us up on that at TheBody52. TheBody. And at Wesley Euler. The good head. And my good head, partner in crime, my brother from another. How we doing today, man? Oh, we are just doing fantastic, Arthur Motes. It's uh, it's another Motes hosts Tuesday here on the program. So you know, say, I yeah, always like it, it, it. looked like a Wednesday, feel like a Tuesday. Look like a Tuesday, feel like a Wednesday. It's all right. I'll, I'll tell you, this never feel never feels like a Monday whenever you're hosting. I tell you hey, that much. It's, uh, that that that's always, in the con- uh, that, that's in the script. The Everybody knows that it was in the script. Send the script, bro. Everybody know that. We were happy when we got that script yeah. from the league of not agree, not man. doing not doing Monday off season shows. We enjoy yes. that part of the script, certainly. Yes. Uh yeah, but you know, it's uh it's a Moats host day here, which is always nice. It's Super Bowl. It's sorry, 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 it's big game Uh-oh. week here. Well, big game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh and so I'm I'm in a good mood, as always. I can't complain. I hope you're doing well as well. Oh no, always doing good, man. When you think about it, we have Pro Bowl game slash games this weekend that we'll obviously mm-hmm. tap into mm-hmm. we have big time mega news in terms of the Steelers coaching staff and some uh new adjustments that are going to be made following some of this news that we're going to discuss we're also going to get a chance to talk to one of the amigos mama chris carter join us in that second segment man so you know life is good man life is good but I was once taught when you hop into the uh, media industry, you don't bury the lead. You don't wait, wait, wait. You dive into that thing head first at times. And we know the hot right. story right now is 
senior defensive assistant slash linebackers coach, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, has officially moved on. He has taken the job of defensive coordinator for the Grammy Award winning Lizzo in the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Shout out. Funny. You know you I had funny. to throw her in there. You know I was going to throw the Grammy Award winner in there. All right. Funny. I like you. You funny. But Brian Flores is taking his talents to the Minnesota Vikings now, man. Um, just wanted to get your initial thoughts on the promotion for him and obviously, you know, what that means for him. Um, just specifically, man, in terms of Brian Flores and this opportunity. Yeah, it's uh I think that this is expected. You know, that's that's kind of the 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 word at the forefront of my mind right now. Hey, if you would have been able to hold on to Brian Flores for more than a year, that would have been great. But I think all of us knew uh, even a year ago around this time when the Steelers hired him, that this was probably a, a one year thing. Um, there were obviously some some, you know, external circumstances around his hiring last last summer that we all know and that we're all familiar with. We don't need to spend a bunch of time here rehashing that the Steelers, yeah, <laughs> the Steelers and the Steelers and Mike Tomlin um, were. The first, I, I don't think it's fair to say the only, because we don't know that to be the case, but the first uh, organization that the head coach owner that were interested in bringing Brian Flores in, they got that done very quickly. Phone call a couple hours later, boom. Um, it was, it was, uh, it was, you know, all but uh, just needing the the I's dotted and the T's crossed to bring Brian Flores to Pittsburgh. But I think even then that we knew, okay, this guy is way overqualified for what we've got him doing here give a year for some of that stuff with him in the NFL to settle down a little bit. And other teams are going to be lining up for his services because he's a very good coach in this, in this football or in this national football league. I think, listen, getting him as a defensive coordinator feels like a little bit of a steal in a way. Uh, we know that he's got head coaching chops and head coaching ability. Um, and so this always kind of felt like the next step. Um, I know he had some head coaching interest, but maybe this is just he feels the right opportunity to ultimately get him back to where he's trying to go. But again, expected. I would have loved it if Brian Flores um, was able to hang around. You, you heard everybody on that team um, talk about his impact and him being around. Even someone like Kenny Pickett, who's on the complete opposite side of the football, talked about how much Brian Flores helped him down the stretch of the season while they were working on uh, some of those two-minute drill stuffs and some having more success in the red zone and different things like that. Um, but Kenny went on with, I can't remember if it was Ben Roethlisberger or Cam Hayward's podcast and was was talking about, hey, Brian Flores was, man, he was a tool for me. He was helpful for me. Um, so this is a guy who is is well-respected around the league. It's known that he's got the ability to to coach and to, to mold and to teach. And uh, I think it's a great hire by the Vikings. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings. We it we is. know they they had it they had it all going on on offense last year. Motsi, they could throw the football, they could run the football, they had a well balanced offense. Um, but their defense struggled mightily, and particularly in that playoff game where Daniel Jones was out there, he was looking like Danny Dimes against the Vikings in that playoff game. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for Brian Flores to jump into. A good situation, you know, a good team, a division winner. Those, you know, it's not like he's going to a team that just won three or four games last season. Uh, if he can get that defense turned around and and that ends up being the difference for the Vikings making a deep playoff run potentially next year or something like that, I think that'll be great for him. Um, and this is this is good for him. It's good for him to get back close to where he belongs, which is a head coach in the National Football League. And like I said, um, I hope that 
that, that he had, you know, a few different, it seems like he had a few different options and he just feels, all right, this is the best one for me to get to where I'm ultimately trying to go. Yeah. I mean, you hit on a ton of, uh, awesome points right there that I agree with. Um, when you're talking the opportunity element of it, I thought that as well, man, what situation are you going into? Are you taking a job just because it's an upgrade in title, but not necessarily upgrade in situation when he was, um, interviewing for the Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator job. That was right. one of those conversations. It's like, you could be the DC over there and who knows, maybe that's a year upgrade for you, but now you're in a worse situation than where you were a year ago. Whereas, you know, when you look about, uh, you think about that Vikings opportunity. Yeah. It is a little bit different. They were the number two seed in the NFC. I mean, had a chance to be the number one seed. They can score points. They have one of the best receivers in the NFL right now. They have one of the top offenses in the NFL right now in terms of just productivity and stuff like that. You have pieces on defense, but at the same time, you know, you have to improve on defense. And that's something that when you talk about the work that he did at Miami, I think that he has a little bit better uh, tools to work with up in Minnesota this go around, man. And from an organizational standpoint, I think he has a lot more support up there because Minnesota is in win now mode. Whereas we know in Miami, some of the controversy surrounding them was based on their uh, questionable desires to actually do whatever it took to <laughs> correct. win. Correct. So, you that's know, a nice, I think that's of, a nice way to put it, man. I'm trying to be politically correct this morning, man. I, <laughs> y'all caught me on a good get, day. You ain't trying to get fined out here. They, they caught me on a good day. I, I'm choosing peace today, not, not violence. Okay. But um, when I also think of this Brian Flores scenario though, I look at it a couple of ways, man. Um, I'm happy for him, upset at the same time. I'm happy that he's getting an opportunity to get back as a defensive coordinator, a spot that I think he's going to thrive and, th- uh, and flourish in because of how intelligent he is at mm-hmm. that position on that side of the ball. That's what he specializes in. Anyone that knows his track record, you know that's what he does. But it's just, like I said, I'm a little upset because I still don't like the fact that he's having to take these type of steps to get Climb back. the ladder, yeah. You look at other coaches – that we respect as head coaches, they don't have to climb the ladder. They get fired and rehired in the same year. Mm-hmm. They get fired, take a year off, come right back to the same exact position. Mm-hmm. But in this scenario, he has to take this approach. And like I said, it's really frustrating at times because that does kind of get minimized in this because we'll look at it and say, well, hey, man, he's getting an opportunity. Great. Sure, but it's sure. like. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, both of these things can still be true. You can still be happy that he's getting an opportunity, but still pissed off that this is the opportunity that he has to get, so to speak, after what he's already had to endure to get right. to this level. Right. But then the final thing that I, I do enjoy about this is the money element. Mm. Let's call a spade a spade. Senior defensive assistant slash linebacker coaches does not pay what defensive coordinator no. gets paid. No, it does the not. Same way, <laughs> the same way defensive coordinator doesn't get paid what head coach gets paid. Correct. Correct. So, you know, when you talk about some of the other elements of, man, we would have loved him to stay here or we would have loved him to, you know, hang around. It's like, yes and no. Yes, selfishly, but no, because selfishly, it's like, man, you right. deserve more than that. And unless we're going to have a scenario where it was similar to the Keith Butler and Dick LeBeau scenario where, you know, you had Keith Butler getting paid a substantial amount because he was waiting in the wings. Unless you were going to do something like that, you were going to be taking money out this man's pocket, ultimately taking uh, resources away from his family. You know, so when I think of that element, it's like I am glad that it only was one year before he was able to at least get back to that coordinator style of mm-hmm. compensation. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, man, this guy deserves to be back in the head coaching rank. So hopefully this will be another, 
you know, one year stop. He'll go in there, work his magic. You know, we'll, we'll say he has the Midas touch up there in Minnesota and it would be good to go. Yeah, turn that defense around. Right. And then all of a sudden he's like he's the hot coaching commodity, you know, a year from now, 10 months from now, whatever it might be. Yeah, I think that's best case scenario. I think you're right. It does. It's It, it stinks in that regard. Um. But I, I like I, my, my hope is that for Flores it works out better this way in yeah. the long run because I think you had kind of mentioned this maybe last week we touched on this briefly um, that there was some the Cardinals out in Arizona yes. were were, yes. were talking. I was, just, was I literally I was literally just about to ask you about that and, team and, and that was that was for head coach right not mm-hmm. for defensive coordinator correct so mm-hmm. maybe there maybe there was a balance there too kind of like what you were talking about same charge different pew as the Browns thing where Flores was thinking to himself hey I could get that head coaching job that I deserve again in AZ but if if I don't win a division title or go to the playoffs, win a playoff game within the next year or two, they're just going to fire me and clean house like they always do. That's not a patient organization, right? Very um, true. At least, at least just, I, I hope it works out better for him in the long run. Like you said, where maybe he doesn't end up at a place like Cleveland where, Hey, you could have some success, but if they have another quote unquote disappointing year, they're going to clean house. And then all of a sudden you're going to be back to square one. Like, I, I don't know. I, I hope it works out for him that he ends up landing somewhere, stable ownership, stable organization um, where he's, you know, where he's not going to get messed around with, where he's going to be able to, you know, to stay there as a head coach for a decade, for a long time, for something like that, um, which I think is, to be fair, becoming more common around the NFL. Like there are still a lot of organizations that have that quick trigger of like, all right, mm-hmm. two two seasons, we're not going where we want to go. We're pulling the plug. We're starting over. I think, though, there's a lot more organizations that are willing to, okay, we're going to find our guy, we're going to be patient, we're going to give that person at least a four, five, six-year sample size to really implement what they want to do and get this thing built up. And I, I hope he lands in one of those those positive, one of those good situations. Yeah, I like how you named those scenarios. I'm just like, usually those type of teams the, aren't the ones that they're that's also the, the ones thing. hiring. That's yeah. also the thing. Steelers the don't issue, hire right? often. Chiefs don't hire often. The Patriots, they're not the hiring Patriots often. The Patriots don't hire often. You know what I mean? It's like we can go down the list of the teams that are quote-unquote patient. They do it the right way and all of this other stuff. But it's like they are already having their guys in place. You think the Rams are going to get rid of McVay? No, not anytime the Niners, soon. The Niners aren't getting rid of Shanahan anytime you, soon. You think, you think the Bills are going to get rid of McDermott right now? Absolutely not. They're not going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. Like, yeah. No, that is, that's the gift and the curse. You're absolutely right. right. You're absolutely so when right. you're the hot commodity, you're going to like a Chargers. You're going to to, to a oh, Jag. No, te- oh, no, the Texans. You're going to a Jets. A te- D'Amico Ryan. I'm like, I love D'Amico Ryan, man. I was a huge fan of him. I'm like, yeah. oh, he was so much fun to watch. Gotta be there, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be there. You're gonna be there for for 11 months, and then they're and then like, they're gonna seriously can all yeah. because you don't have a quarterback. <laughs> <sighs> well, that maybe that's what I should be wishing for Brian Flores. Then wherever he lands as the next head coach, he's got a quarterback. That's he got he got Kirk Cousins. Just wait him out. Wait him out. He got Kirk. Wait him out. Uh, oh, you rude. Oh, you rude. <laughs> Hopefully he gets Kirk Cousins and not Kirk Coupons. Oh no! What hey happened? man, all I'm saying is you can't say Justin Jefferson is the number one receiver in the league without acknowledging Kirk's eliteness. Huh. 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 Take that! Take that! Take that! But obviously, we know with uh, Coach Flo leaving, that does create a couple of situations in Pittsburgh. Um, obviously we have a void now when you're talking about the linebacker coach position slash senior defense, uh, senior defensive assistant role. But more importantly, when you look at our inside linebacker, uh, depth chart right now, the loss of coach Flores, 
how does that impact your comfort level in this particular group right now in terms of who you would still want to bring back free agency wise Mm. or now do you feel like because you're losing a coach of Brian Flores status do you feel like you might need to go and get more higher in talent to offset that type of loss right there Hmm. now that's a good question um I mean I'll I'll tell you this right now I mean I always want higher in talent period it doesn't matter if I'm coaching or if Chuck Knowles coaching, I mean, I, I want the I want the best talent available. Mm-hmm. But that's an interesting point by you. You know, we um we talked really glowingly. You and I did about what we thought Robert Spillane was able to do down the stretch this season, and how his how his game improved, and he became a much more well well rounded and less of a one dimensional player uh, down the stretch. Uh, we talked about how at least there was some type of baseline with Devin Bush. You know, we still didn't love everything that we saw from Devin Bush, but there was at least consistency there. Um, and with Mark Robinson over the last couple of weeks of the season too, being encouraged about what he was able to do uh, with an expanded role and in some ways kind of getting thrown into the fire there um, and how he looked like he wasn't overwhelmed in those situations. Yeah. Uh, does that maintain without Brian Flores? Does that plateau? Does that continue to grow? Is there maybe a drop off? That's that's a very interesting question. Um, hmm. Because so I hadn't really thought about it from that angle, yeah. particularly particularly at a position group that we know too. In terms of just you know just staying with off ball linebackers yeah. here, there's gonna have to be some moving and shaking at that position this off season. Mm-hmm. I think all of us expect Devin Bush and the Steelers to go their separate ways. Um, and even if you're comfortable. Sticking with Jack Spillane and Robinson, you probably still need a fourth body to throw into that mix, at least for depth reasons and competition reasons, whether it be a draft pick or somebody that you bring in in free agency. Well, because the thing I I think of is this, man. Because think of it like this, right? There were a lot of question marks around Devin Bush prior to this season starting. Coach Flores came in and we saw an uptick in his productivity. Now, granted, we still don't feel like it was too... It never uh, reached the level that warranted what we gave up to get him but we would definitely agree that this is probably his best season that we've seen him put together over a 17 game sample size we could point to coach Flores and and say that's a direct impact Mm -hmm. Robert Spillane Robert Spillane went from being a journeyman a run-of-the-mill linebacker to the starter or the guy who played a hundred percent or starter level snaps all the situational football snaps all the third down snaps he was the guy yep a direct impact to Coach Flores' impact. Yep. Mark Robinson, when was he drafted? Seventh round. Mm. You said seven, not not second? Not not second? (laughs) Did you say say third round? I couldn't hear. Did you say third round? Seventh. Oh, he was the seventh overall pick in the first round. That was you trying to tell me, man? Or we say he was in the seventh round. Is that what you trying to tell me, man? In fact, actually, wasn't he the Steelers' second seventh round pick? Didn't they take? Didn't they take? <laughs> like Chris Oladoka was first. Oladoka yes. first. Yes, in the absolutely, round. absolutely. So they took. They took, the quarter, they took the quarterback that they knew they were going to cut out of training camp before they took Mark Robinson. They said we ain't even tripping on this one, man. This this is extra right here. Okay, so we're talking about Mark Robinson and what you said before you ended your statement. Towards the end of the season, we felt confident in his play. We were excited about his play. We thought that he was dependable. Direct reflection of Coach Flores' impact. Mm -hmm. You're talking about multiple different players, different talent levels, different pedigree, and different styles. Mm, Yeah, that's true. All putting together productive seasons, all putting together impactful seasons, and all being utilized 
in various ways to help this team out. And then that sure. doesn't even account for what point. Miles Jack did before he got hurt. What Miles Jack was doing before he started hurting his groin, he was on pace to break the Steelers' single-season tackle record. Like, mm-hmm. all still of these the, things we could still point led to. the team in tackles. Yeah, and I don't like to, like, throw Coach Flores' impact on Miles Jack because Miles was already an established right, player. Right, right. But I still feel like some of that definitely helped him in terms of his transition here. Oh, when you think of the Jags linebacker from a year ago that tried to transition here, and the results were not the same. 100%. So when I think of all of that, and I'm just like, man, this is what Coach Flores does. This is what he specialized in. I do feel a lot more concerned now because I, I have to ask myself, is Mark Robinson going to continue to ascend the way that he was? Or now are we going to have a potential mental lapse going into year two because he's going to have a different person teach him, a different person explaining it to him, a different person helping him to see it and feel comfortable and being a player that has played under multiple position coaches, they are not all created the same. <laughs> no, they are they not. They all got the same title, but they are not all created the same, man. And if you're paired with the wrong guy, it could definitely stunt your growth, especially at this age in his uh, or at this stage in his career. So it's definitely something that for me, just having been a little bit more uh, cognizant of it, and have my antennas kind of go up a little bit, man. Well, you talk about it, it could affect the growth of a Mark Robinson and or a, another young linebacker that you could potentially bring in. It could affect the consistency of Robert Spillane, something that at least, listen, like, you know, like you and I have said, he's, he's McDonald's number one. It doesn't matter if you're in Pittsburgh, if you're in Florida, if you're in Texas, if you're in California, if you're in Asia, the McDonald's number one is the McDonald's number one. You know what you're getting. Does, th- does that change a little bit with Robert Spillane? And, you know, as you were talking about Miles Jack there, one more angle. What if the Steelers, because Miles Jack is set to make something like, I want to say, 11, 11-ish million dollars against the salary mm-hmm. cap this year. What if the Steelers come to Miles Jack and they say, hey, we want to extend you, but we want to extend you so that we can bring that cap hit down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's add another year or two onto your contract, but let's bring that number down a little bit. If you're Miles Jack, are, are you as willing to take a little bit of a pay cut to stay here now that Brian Flores is gone? Because we know that Miles Jack raved about Mike Tomlin when he mm-hmm. got here and how that was a big reason, but he also raved about Brian Flores throughout the offseason, training camp, mini camp, all that process as well, too. If you're Miles Jack and Brian Flores stays and Terrell Austin's still here and, and Mike Tomlin's still here, maybe you're willing to say, all right, my number's 11-something I'll come down to nine something, right? Because I really want to be here. And you'll give me the extra year or two on the back end of my contract. Now, maybe that could change. And again, I'm not saying it has certainly. I'm just, this is just complete speculation here on my part, but these are all the things that play into Brian Flores now no longer being a part of your coaching staff. No, that's that's 100% a part of it. And that's, you know, the impact of these type of decisions and the ripple effect. So without a doubt, man, I do feel like that is accurate and it does have some validity to it. And we'll obviously see how it plays out. But um, yeah, man, we definitely lost a, a really good one in Coach Flores. Man, we wish him nothing but the best Absolutely. In, his, uh, in his ventures up there in Minnesota. But um, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we can get a chance to tap him with the Migos. Mama! Mr. Chris Carter, man, for that second segment, man, get his thoughts on this Brian Flores scenario as well. But you already know, don't touch that Dallas Arthur Most Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody. 
and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the wind down tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.